Hi friends, it's Kayla Moran and welcome back to the Let's Get Candid podcast. Happy Thursday, good morning, whatever time or day you're listening. I'm so excited to be back with you guys and I can't believe this is our 10th episode. So excited that you guys are loving the podcast and that I get to keep making these episodes for you guys because it's really, really fun and fulfilling for me and this episode was incredible and i can't wait for you guys to hear it but before we jump in because there's so much to talk about and this episode is going to be really really long but really fast i want to do my suck and sweet of the week so my sweet of the week is that napa was amazing 10 out of 10 recommend you have to go visit and check out my guide on my blog linked in the show notes if you want to plan your trip or are thinking of planning a trip to napa but just there's so much to see and eat and drink and enjoy and I wish I had longer but I'll definitely be back and I'll definitely be back multiple times because there's just so many amazing vineyards to check out and we had the best time. So my suck of the week is that I'm back and that we aren't there forever because it was awesome and that I was very very jet lagged on Monday but really just that I had a cold right before leaving on our trip because the temperature changed in Knoxville and it just got really really cold and I wasn't dressed properly to head to school a few mornings and I got a little bit of a cold but thankfully it was all good before well halfway through our trip I was all good to go so yeah that was my suck of the week but anyway without further ado meet Amina hi how are you hi Kayla I'm good and you I'm good. I'm so excited to chat with you today. For those of you who don't know, this is Amina and we met at the Tiki's event at Miami Swim Week. So we just became friends and I do friends. And I think that's such a cool way to meet people. Um, Have you met a lot of people through IG, like a lot of IG friends as an adult? Um, Actually, I mean, only at these kind of events. So I think last year I made one friend and then this year I made you and it was the same exact event which was kind of cool because we have that same friend in common yeah I've I've heard that people meet a lot at Tiki's events which I think is really cool that brands do those events and I think it's a cool way to meet people and you know get cute content but I love that you like me are also in grad school and you kind of share a little bit about that and you were a Dolphins cheerleader and I want to talk a little bit about that too. So tell me about yourself. Tell me about where you grew up, where you're from, like what you did growing up and what you do now. Great, great. Yeah. So um, originally I'm from Port-au-Prince, Haiti. So I was born there. Uh, I moved here when I was nine. Um, and when I moved here, it was kind of funny because I didn't know I was moving here. I thought I was coming for vacation and my sister was going to college at the time and she was 17 and not yet 18. So it was just a regular summer. And then we just decided, hey, like we're actually going to stay here because your sister's not 18 yet. So um, the transition was kind of, you know, I mean, every transition from a new country is always kind of tough. Um, but I was only nine. So I was able to um, take some classes with other kids that didn't know English and then learn English. Um, and from there, I, you know, did um, middle, elementary, middle school, high school in Miami. And then I did college in Miami and now I'm doing grad school in Miami. So I consider myself a Miami native as well, just because I've been here for so long. 
Um, and dance has always been like my, my, just my constant thing through all of this, um, all these transitions. So um, I danced in, I danced when I was in Haiti. And then I danced again when I was here in middle school and high school. Um, in high school, I was part of the cheer team. And then when I became a college student, I was like, you know what, let me apply for, let me try out for the college dance team. And I, I was on the team for two years. And then eventually I went pro and danced with the Miami Dolphins for two years. So yeah, that's pretty much, I mean, I feel like you, you asked me my story and it's all about dance just because dancing is just such a big part of my life. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. I, I grew up as a dancer in the Miami world too. And it is such a big part of our lives, like every day, day in and day out on weekends and competitions and recitals. And it is a part of our lives. And I, I never wanted to go pro, but I know a lot of girls do. So I wanted to talk about that. I went to Focal Point. What studio did you go to? No way. Yeah. I went to Focal Point my last two years of, of high school. Funny. I went to, I think, how old are you? I am 25. Oh, so we were actually around there around the same time because I'm 23. Um, I went my freshman and sophomore year of, college, of high school and then I stopped going to a studio because I was dancing at Reef um, in high school. So I stopped mm -hmm. going my junior and senior year. But so we know like some of the same people from Focal Point. That's so funny. I, I love Amanda and Focal Point. I miss yes. them. I loved her. I loved her a lot. I, I can't even remember the teachers now, but, um, I mean, a lot yeah. changed, but just, she's amazing. in that studio, I, I miss dancing so much. And I love the dances, like such a big part of your story and like your constant. I love that, that it's your constant. Um, and mm -hmm. growing up in the dance world, like how, like how much of, which I know the answer cause going up too, but like how much of dance really shaped you, who you are today? Like, what does that mean to you, like growing up as a dancer? Um, I think dance um, really gave me that kind of like constant um, idea that I need to be better. I think when you're a dancer, you're constantly being in a room where you think you're amazing. And then you walk into a room and you see someone who's better. So you kind of learn really young that like you have to keep adapting and changing who you are and and like mending your skills so that you can always be on top of who you want to be. Um, it definitely gave me discipline. Um, it, you know, it kind of tested my confidence in a lot of ways. Um, you just like, like you, you're the best and then you walk in and you're, you don't get the answer that you thought you were going to get from, you know, the person who's auditioning you. So it's a really tough world in a sense that you, you always feel like they're picking on you and tearing you apart, but it's so rewarding because then you become confident from within and you are able to like work on that. And you know that, Hey, I'm me. I don't need to be anybody else. I know what I bring. And you become that superstar to yourself. And then everybody's able to see that. So it definitely made me very disciplined, very sharp, very um, confident in my, myself and my ways and always like looking forward to be better than I was yesterday basically sounds very cliche but <laughs> so yeah I agree with all of that because I actually want to write a blog post about about what you learned like growing up as a dancer and because like mm -hmm. TikTok a few weeks ago I saw that this dad posted like I don't pay for my daughter to go to dance like I pay for 
her to be disciplined and learn and grow confident and like learn all these skills. And it's so true. Like it's so much more than just dancing, but it's so much fun too. And it's a great workout and you're built making friends, but you're, you're learning a lot about yourself. And I love that, you know, to be better tomorrow than you are today. Like it's so true. You're always looking to be better, not to compare yourself, not that you're comparing yourself, but to be better for yourself and better, like a better version of yourself. So I love that. And you said you, you know, you were a dancer on the dance team in college. You went to FIU, you were a Dazzler. What, what are those tryouts? Like, what is it like going from dancing in high school at a dance studio? Yeah. You're dancing competitively to hearing at football games and being a, a FIU da- a Dazzler or a Dolphins cheerleader later on. Like, what's that really like? In so high- it's, I'm sorry. No, you're good. Yeah. So it's like two different, it's, it's two different things. Definitely. Like, um, I feel like studios, like dancing at a studio was very much like, you know, you learn a routine and then you perfect it for a couple of months and then you put on a show and you compete versus when, and, and it was more of a team. I feel like when you were there, it was more team building. Like you were all working on a, like one routine and being a team member. And then when you audition for uh, like a professional or for um, college, you're on your own. So you walk into that audition, you get your own number, um, you, you, um, you have to like, you know, dress the part, you know, show off with first your appearance, your costume, make sure you stand out from everybody else. And then they go ahead and teach your routine. And then you go to different like uh, trials, like maybe the first round, they make cuts, second round, they make cuts. And then finally the third round, they pick the team. So for my experience for the, for the FIU Dazzlers, it was pretty much that way. So you kind of felt like you were really on your own for that audition process. You know, you walk in the room, you hope that you make a good impression, um, you learn a routine and you try to nail it down by the end of the audition and hopefully get chosen. It was pretty much kind of the same for both both um, college and um, pro, like professional. Yeah. Um, so um, definitely um, it's different. And then the dance style, style is different too. Um, when I was on the, the Dazzlers, like, it was very much, it was, I don't know if you know this dance style, like Palm, yeah. which I was not familiar with at it at all. Yeah, me either. So I was like, what are they talking about? So they were very like sharp and, and, and very like, you know, moving in sync, but with pom-poms and, and all of that. And I was like, wait, like. <laughs> That's not what we grew up doing. Yeah, it's different. Right? I'm like, what is going on here? Um, so I think because I had a cheer background as well, because in high school, I wasn't on the dance team. I was on the cheer team. I think that kind of gave me an advantage because I was, I've seen a lot of girls that come from studios try to try out for these kind of teams, like cheer, like Miami Dolphins cheer. And they think, is it cheerleading? And it's because it's kind of like a fusion of both what you do in a normal dance class and what you do as a cheerleader, which is the palm like aspect of it, which is being very stiff, which is completely opposite of what you learn in a studio. Like, sharp and stiff and all of that so I think that kind of really helped me there yeah I don't think I I never did dance team because I didn't like the like cheer palm style and now looking back I wish I would have done dance team in high school and dance team at UCF um mm-hmm. although I hated their uniforms they were ugly at least <laughs> I was uniforms. I like I hated UCF and the main reason I didn't do it was because of that which is so stupid but looking back now like, now search the uniform uh, <laughs> they're so ugly but now I wish I would have done it like 
I didn't like the palm style. I just, I didn't like that because it's not what we're used to growing up. I love like the fluidity and the movement and like the, like the music aspect of dance and like expressing yourself. And I just, I couldn't get into it, but it's fun to watch. And I definitely wish I would have given it a shot. Um, but so what's it really like being like a student athlete, a dazzler? Like what does a day in the life look like? Like balancing classes and going to away games and, you know, being at games and what's it really like to be a dazzler? Um, to be honest, it was really tough. Like now that I look back at it, cause now that I'm a completely like non, you know, activities grad student and I'm only focused on school. And I look at how I was doing when I was in college, I'm just like, wow. Like I, it was just like such, so much at the same time that I didn't even realize how much I was doing till I'm not doing it. Um, so my day to day would be like, okay, I have class from maybe 11 till three and then I have a gap. And then during my gap, I would always either go to the gym or go to a quiet place and kind of practice my routines. Cause the way we, they would do it in college, which is how they did it actually pro as well is they'll teach you a routine on, so we would have practices Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. They'll teach you a routine on Tuesday. Wednesday, they do auditions. So you have that whole routine down the audition for you to be part of it or not. Thursday, they clean it. And then the game is on Saturday. Yeah. And you better have it, you know? So I would go to school Monday, you know, have a gap, nail down the routine, and then go to practice after school, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So that was pretty much what my day-to-day would be like. And then when the weekends would come around, sometimes my friends would be going to tailgates, having fun. And I was like, no, I had to like go home, like go sleep early, wake up, go to the game, not tailgate like everybody else because I'm in the game and um, perform, you know? So it was, it was, it was pretty much, it was really tough. Um, and I was always, um, you know, working out and doing all of that. But I think the nice aspect of it was me and the girls are, we have like a bond now because we spent so much time together, like the girls at FIU that they're pretty much like sisters and we were all in it together. So we had the same routine kind of thing. We knew like, hey, we're all going through this together. So I think that was like the positive, like the rewarding aspect of it. And we still hang out now too, so. Yeah, that's cool. I love that too about dance. Like even girls from other studios that I would compete against, you know, in high school. I'm, mm-hmm. you, you grew up together. You have the same experiences. It's a shared experience and it's a bond. And I like that, that you, you guys still hang out now. And so you were also in a sorority in college, but it seems like you were a lot more invested in the Dazzlers and game day and like your team. How mm-hmm. is that? Like, when did you become a Dolphins cheerleader after you graduated or during college? Like, when did you transition to a Dolphins cheerleader? So I actually was doing it while I was in college. I, I know it's crazy. I was doing so many things. And I'm, I'm, you picked up on the, the, the uh, sorority thing. And it, to me, I almost always forget that I was in it because I joined it and I was in it for maybe a year almost. And then I auditioned to be um, a Dolphins cheerleader my junior year, like towards the, because the auditions usually happen in May or April. So I was there for maybe like six months on the in the sorority. And then I became a Dolphins cheerleader my last two years. And with, so college was more manageable in terms of like school because 
they know you're a student athlete. They work around your schedule. They know you have school. Like you don't go. We actually didn't go to away games. Okay. We only did home games because the, the away games was the other cheerleaders that were there. So that's kind of how it worked. Um, but um, for the Miami Dolphins, like, you know, sometimes they would ask you like, hey, you're going on a military tour for, for, you know, this weekend and this, like for this week, are you available? And when they ask you to be part of a military tour, they don't ask the whole team. They ask maybe like six girls that they think would be the best for that shot, like that gig, basically. Gotcha. And the last thing you want to do is turn it down. So, and it was always random. So once I became a Dolphins cheerleader, it was almost like that was my priority. It was a job. It was like, you know, this is my my main focus. And I had to manage everything around it. So, I mean, a lot of other aspects in my life really suffered in that time, like my relationships, um, school, my sorority. Like I had to just put everything in the back burner just because I knew this was like a, this was a one-time shot thing. Like, like this is something that you only do for maybe one or two years. Uh, the amount of times that you actually make the team because you have to audition every year, you know? And um, it's not forever. You only do it when you're young. You get one shot kind of thing. So that's kind of what they would tell us too. Like, you're going to look back at this and be like, wow, I did this. But you need to give it your all now, you know? So I had to um, take all my classes online for that those two years. I graduated five in five years instead of four because I was taking only three classes just because I knew I wasn't going to be able to manage all that time between cheering and school. So, I mean, that created a lot of tension for me, um, especially because I come from a family who's very education oriented and they didn't like really the aspect of that this was taking over for me, like that this was becoming my focal point versus everything else that they've kind of built me on. So that was like the biggest issue that was going on in the back of my mind. Like, this is great, I love it. They're happy that I'm doing it, but school, like taking five years, like that was like the part that didn't like. I'm getting personal here, but. I love that that we are talking about this because it's the realities of it. Like I wanted to, I'm glad that, you know, I didn't even have to like ask that it just came up naturally because it's, I totally see like, you know, I see both sides as I'm also, I'm Hispanic and my family is also, you know, very education oriented. They're very driven minority families, immigrant families are very, they press the education a lot. So, you know, I definitely, I can see where they're coming from, but if you love it and that's, you know, and, and, and you did love it. I see it now, like you still like post like flashbacks and like reflections on it. And with Mm -hmm. everything that the stress and the tension that like you were going through, like, it seemed like it was such an amazing opportunity for you. Like talk more about that, that opportunity, what it was really like being a Dolphins cheerleader, like the trend, the tryout process, the, you know, getting to be a part of these military tours and like these community events. Cause I love that the dolphins and the heat dancers, they really get to be a part of the community like that. Like that part's really special. So what is it really like to be a Dolphins cheerleader? Like how do you become one? What's it really like? Pretty much. For you to be, it's easy for you to audition for it. So, you know, you kind of just like, um, you know, walk into the audition. You don't actually have to pay for anything. You just come in. There is like maybe two days. So the first day you you learn the, the routine and then you audition for that part. And then you make that cut. Actually, there's one day. And then once you make, there's probably like two or three different parts of that first day. Three different parts of like cutting and learning and and cutting, when I say cutting, like cut girls and 
keep girls. At the end of that day, they pick the amount of girls. And then you go through a boot camp week. So the boot camp week is like super intense. And that's when you kind of see what you're really getting into. From my experience, like I had, I thought this was just like another college trial where, you know, by the end of that first day, they pick the team. But then no, you get there and then you're like, okay, you got, you got, all of you guys are in, but you're not in the team, on the team. You're part of the boot camp for that just specific week. And I'm like, okay. So you get into the boot camp process and it's basically much like they make like a big production out of the audition. So like you learn, you they, they spread you all into different like groups. You learn different like routines. So each different like section has their own routine that they're going to showcase during the, the audition, the final audition. Um, and it's funny because then they put you into groups of people that look like you or that are the same type of you, like skin color, hair. And the reason why they do that, which is insane that you think about like how they would think about it is, hmm, if Kayla looks like this, and then there's this girl who looks like this, let's see who looks better doing it. So then that makes it even more um, intense because then you start kind of like, I remember there was a girl that we, we were like, they put us next to each other for everything. And we started like, having a bond next to each other and then I remember like there's another older girl who was there the year before and she was being like super mean to us like you know she was in her group but she wasn't like being super friendly and we're like what is her deal and then we found that huh you're taking her spot you're you're going for the same spot yeah exactly you were like wait why is she so mad and then (laughs) we realized that we were just competing for the same spot um, and then, I mean, for me, we, me and my friend are still close till now. Um, we used to call each other twins, but because um, we both made the team. But yeah, so then they put on this big production. Um, and then at the end, you all just pretty much do this big show that comes together. Um, and then at the end, they pick the team. But then still, you think I'm on the team. No, they pick you to go to training camp, which is another three months of like just training. Um, We had to wear all black, like black Leo, I mean, black sports bra, black shorts. And then everybody else that's already been on the team, a veteran gets to wear colors so that they would kind of see how we, like, I guess so they can see who we are as like the the new members and eventually make cuts from there. Um, And they still made cuts um, up until like the very end of the training camp when they were like, you're a Miami Dolphins trailer. Um, It was, Honestly, it was an amazing experience just because you had to work for it. I think that was the biggest thing because had it been like, you know, just a regular dance scene where you just try out and you make it the first day, a lot of girls make it and then they leave because they feel like, okay, I made it. And then you don't really feel like any types of like, like, you know, like I, I'm this, you know, like I belong here versus when it was like the work that you had to just to say you are one, you feel like. I worked for this. Like, you know, like, you know what it means. Um, And then you asked me about like the community service aspect of it and like the tours. So that part of it was just like, that was my favorite part of it. Um, Cause I didn't, honestly, like I said, from the beginning, I thought this was just a regular dancing thing. And then I found out it had all these different aspects of it. So we would do a lot of appearances in the community. We would go to like like supermarkets and like maybe for that day like a football player would come and then pick like two or three customers and let them know that you're shopping with the dolphins and you can pick out anything you want today and we're we got you covered so it was super cute to see these families faces when they saw the players and the cheerleaders helping them like 
you know, and it was always, we would go to like different, like um, income level places, you know, sometimes it was like lower income. So that was super exciting for them. Um, they had a few like um, Thanksgiving giveaways where they would give like turkeys. Um, they did like Christmas trees, um, you know, help the family hasn't been able to put up a Christmas tree and like have a Dolphins uh, player and a cheerleader come and put up a whole tree for them. Um, and I was so passionate about it. I was actually the um, philanthropist for the like chair for the Miami Dolphin cheerleaders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love, I, I, that's honestly one of my favorite parts of, you know, the pro teams and like that they do give back to the community and like I I never seen them out and about at grocery stores although I knew that they did it but like mm-hmm. I think that part is so special and it's so cool and I love I'm a big philanthropist myself I love philanthropy and I love giving back and so I love that and it makes me happy that was your favorite part because I think I think also would be my favorite part you know cheering at games and being on the sidelines is so much fun but I think it's there's so much more to it than that and so seeing that you know your biggest takeaway was the community service part is really, is really special and really cool. So I wanted to transition a little bit to, you know, so you left Dolphins Cheer, um, how old were you? Like, did, like, and you, you ended up going back to school. So how old were you? Like, what did you do in between? Or did you leave to go back to school? Like, when did that, that transition to going to grad school come? Okay. So I, I think I left when I was, 21 I had just turned 21 no 22 I just turned 22 um that November and then I it was supposed to be the next year it was gonna be my third year um I was there was a lot of pressure because I knew I was gonna essentially be um potentially a captain and it, it you know I I everybody always asks me why because when I was in it, I was, like I told you, I was like the philanthropist chair. Like I, I was really, I was, you know, I don't want to you know, sound like I'm like cocky, but I was kicking butt, you know, I was really, really like into it and, and I was doing really well. And then all of a sudden, like my third year, what, what, like, what, what would have been like my highlight year, I didn't come back. Um, and I never really talk about it, but I think the biggest thing that came in the way with that is, like I said earlier, was... And I know nobody likes to talk about this, but mental health. So no, like talk about it. Please talk about it. Please talk about it. <laughs> we're going there. Please talk about it. Okay. I have to get there because I'm like, I feel like we're, I'm getting comfortable and I can just open up to you about that. But um, I was going into my third year and it was going to be like my peak year. I was going to be potentially a captain, potentially be like the leader, you know, put, like, you know, your third year is when you really you're not a second year anymore. You're going to be a third year. You're going to be potentially one of the oldest veterans on the team. And it was going to be that year for me. And all of a sudden, like the audition came around where it was about to be the audition time. And literally a weekend before I decided I don't want to try out. And everybody's like, what? Like, you know, like I felt like I was losing part of me by not doing it. Like, I felt like I was, dolphins became my identity. Like, I didn't know who I was without being a dolphin student. That's a scary place to be to realize that, you know, you don't know who you are anymore. And now you need to, like, go find who you are. So I, I can relate, but I'm glad that we're talking about this. That's exactly what it was. It was like, I am Miami Dolphin cheerleader Amina. Um, my even my Instagram because you were asking me earlier about like my social media and how I became such an influencer it became mostly because of dolphins because before I was who I am now I was like I was their MDC my dolphin cheerleader Amina 
and my account was a representative of the brand. And I used to actually get monetized every week by posting things for them. So that's kind of how I build my following up to where it is now. That was part of the reason too. I'm like, I, I, so it was like, I'm MDC Amina. I don't know who I am without this. So it was such a tough decision for me to realize that I was, you know, how much this was affecting my mental health. Like that's like, this is just the reality of it. Before games, I could not sleep. I would stay up to like four in the morning, overthinking a routine in my head. I was, you know, I didn't have the best eating schedule and it wasn't even because of anything. I just was always so anxious. I think I'm a like a great performer, but putting in these, to put in these situations, I, I, I don't know, like me as a person though, like my, as myself, it's just a lot for me. So I had to make a big decision to not come back. And I had to, you know, I went to the, I, I, you know, one day I just drove up to the Miami Dolphins stadium, met up with the director and just told her, Hey, I'm not auditioning. I'm not coming back. And they were just, they were shocked. They were like, you just came from a trip. You went to Haiti, you cheered, you, you, you taught a dance camp. Like what happened? And I was just like, I had to tell them, I was like, this is, this is just, I have to choose me. You know, like I love your brand. I love what I'm doing, but I'm suffering as a human being. My, my person, me, Amina is not able to do this right now. Yeah, no. And I think I'm so happy for you that you, you took the, the step back and were able to say that it takes, it takes guts, but it, <laughs> and yeah, it, it's scary when that realization and then when you actually put it into practice and like start making those changes, it's really scary because everyone is like really confused, but it's so special too, when you, you're able to realize like, you know, this isn't serving me anymore, even though I love it, even though it's so much fun, something's not making me happy anymore. And I need to go figure that out what that is. And I think most people, it gets, I think women struggle with that a lot, even more so than men and also women in our age group and this generation and with social media. But I think it's so that's, and I'm really like, so happy we're talking about this. And that's why I want, I didn't know this when I asked you to be on, but like, I'm glad we're talking about this because I think it's so important and it's so, I hope, you know, like whoever's listening, if this, like something similar is going on that they, that they, you know, have the, the guts to, to make that change for themselves. That's so special. So, yeah. So you realize that then what came next when you, you said you weren't going to audition anymore, like what happened? Like, where did your life go from there? So for those, for the next year or so, um, it wasn't hard. Uh, I, cause you don't, you know, Kayla, when you make these decisions, it's, it's such a hard decision that you just keep going back and forth. Like you think you made the right decision, but then one day you're like, oh my God, what did I do? Like, I'm not on the team. Like, so I kept having these, like this, this whole like flashback. And I think it was cause I wasn't doing what my calling was just yet. So I was just in that position. It was kind of like a, like a pause, you know, like a, like a transition before the big next break. So for that year, it was really tough because I just kept thinking back and forth, what do I do? What do I do? And then finally, like, I was like, okay, I know what I want to do. I want to go to grad school. I want to be a boss. I want to be a a female entrepreneur. I want to be that person. And I was like, I'm going to take all this energy that I have into becoming the best candidate that I can be for graduate school. And so for the next year and a half or two, I was studying for the GMAT. I was getting back to school. I finally graduated. I graduated that July. So I didn't audition in, in April. I graduated in, in July. 
Um, and that pretty much, so school took back the, the highlight of whatever my life. And then I started like, you know, kind of doing a few other things. Like I worked a little bit at a law firm, kind of like as a paralegal slash marketing person. Um, I taught for a little bit at a dance studio nearby. So I kind of just started doing things. I started going out again with my friends, like, you know, having fun and like doing certain things that I wasn't able to do as much during that time. You know, like I was missing out on a lot of things because I had turned 21 and I was pretty much working like, you know, a professional dancer and I couldn't really drink or do any of the fun stuff that people our age do when they turn 21. So I kind of was making up for all of that times, you know? Um, and then eventually uh, I applied to be a grad student and um, started, decided to go to grad school in 2020, last year, last fall. Yeah. Um, so during that time I was just studying, et cetera. What's, what's it really like to, so you said to, you wanted to make yourself like the best candidate for grad school. What, what does being a good candidate for, you're in an MBA program. So what is a good candidate for an MBA program mean? What was studying for the GMAT? Like, like, tell me about like that, going back to school, once you graduated, like what you needed to do to become a good candidate for the MBA program. So um, the first thing that, you know how it is, like for everything, it's about numbers at first. So the GMAT, you have to get at least like a, like a, between a, maybe like a 600 to 800 score, um, somewhere around there to get, you know, into like a good program. So I started taking some classes for that, like to prep for the exam. Um, there's another thing called Magoosh, which is like another study prep that I was using as well. So I would just sit down, study. Um, I used to study with some friends as well. We used to go to FIU um, and they were all studying for the same, For well, some of them were studying for the GRE and I was studying for the GMAT, but we, we, we would study together um, and then take like practice exams. And then at the same time, I was trying to also find out, like build my story. Like, cause I knew that going to that interview, they were gonna ask me, what do you wanna do? Why do you wanna be here? You know, so which is the part of like where I was like, okay, I need to be more than just a cheerleader. So I took the job at the law firm and kind of learned a little bit about that. I still taught dance. I mean, I was like, this is still my life. I'm still gonna teach dance. Um, and then pretty much kind of like diversified myself a little bit to be a good candidate. I think the most important thing is to be, because before it would just be like, okay, how, how many years have you been in a company? What was your role? Were you a manager? That's how it used to be. But yeah. I think now, because I'm younger too, the MBA process, the MBA program is usually for someone who's worked for at least six to eight years in a managerial role. And I don't have that. Yeah. But yeah. I think um, they're changing things a little bit because they realize that a lot of people don't have the opportunity to be in a managerial role at our age for that. Like, you know, like by the time you turn like 28, they expect you to like have been like in a managerial role for the, for the whole time. And now getting out of college, at least for me, finding anything was so hard. A bachelor's doesn't do anything anymore. Um, before we go, I wanted to talk more about, you know, getting into the, the interview process and getting into the MBA program and what it's really like to be in that program. But what's the difference between the GMAT and the GRE? So the GMAT is um, the, the only exam for business school. Like it's, it's strictly just for business school. Okay. The GRE is an exam that you can take for whether you want to go to business school, whether you want to go to, 
I believe, I, quote me if I'm wrong, can you, is that what you take for law school as well? No, we take the LSAT, but some schools are starting to accept the GRE as well. Okay, so so the GMAT is basically the LSAT, but for business school. Okay. The GRE is for any any master's program you want to take, you take the GRE. Okay. So when I was choosing between the two, I was like, well, why don't I just take the GRE so I could be, you know, I can have more leeway and get in, like apply to different programs. But then I, I found out that the GMAT, showing that you took the GMAT shows that you're more you're more serious candidate for just business school. So I decided to study for that. And the GMAT is more quantitative, like more math involved. And the GRE is more qualitative. So it's more focused on reading. So that I guess it also depends on what constraints were too. That makes math. sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think I could have done the GMAT. I'm not a math person at all. Um, <laughs> but which is why I wanted to go to law school. <laughs> Um, I love math. So I was like, I'll take the GMAT. I hate reading. <laughs> you know your strengths. You, like you said, like where your strengths lie, you knew that you would do better at the GMAT. So it makes total sense. So what, what did you apply to other schools than FIU? Like, you know, did you only stay, were planning to only stay in Miami? Like what, like when you decided, okay, I'm going to do MBA, like how did you pick a school? What was the interview process like? What is, what is it really like to be in your MBA and how many years is it? Like, where are you in the program? So um, originally, honestly, I got into um, UM's MBA program during the, the epidemic. So it was kind of hard for me because I feel like I didn't, I didn't give myself that many like options. But now that I'm in it, I, I don't regret not going or applying anywhere else. But my original thought was I wanted to be at New York because New York has a NYU has a great um, MBA that's focused on fashion and luxury, okay. which kind of ties in everything I've been doing with like my Instagram and all of that. So I really wanted to go to that program, but it was a one year program and I missed the deadline that year. So I decided, let me apply to UM's program. And I knew about the program because I had a friend that had done it and she was around my age. And she was younger than me at the time. And I was like, wow, if she could have gotten, to, gotten into that program, maybe I have more of a chance of getting into the program. I think it's important to look at the demographics of the program as well. Like if you see that older people are the only people that they're accepting, then you know like, okay, my experience is not enough. But I knew that the Miami program was a little bit more lenient in terms of like age and experience. So I was like, you know what? This might be more geared to me. And I had also met with admissions counselors prior to applying and I let them know, hey, this is my experience. This is why I want to be here. But, you know, like, can't, which program would you guys offer me? And then they talked to me about the Miami MBA program, which is a two-year program where they actually have career coach. They have um, professional development after you graduate. They have um, help. They basically, they are a master's program, but they still are conscious that you're you might not know exactly where you want to be, or you might not have the exact experience to know where you want to be once you're done with your degree. So they're more like sheltered, you know, more of a like a sheltered approach and holistic and very, you know, mellow in terms of like helping you get there. So that's why I chose that program. So um, I had spoken to them and learned about it. Go ahead. No, I said that makes sense. I would have, I like that too, that you took the initiative to go to an admissions counselor and be like, here's what I can offer. Like, help me find the program. Mm -hmm. And I, I would have done the same thing. And I think that's like, do you recommend people not that they have an idea, they think they want to do this, but they don't really know like which program is best for them. Like, how do you find an admissions counselor? Like where, where did you find that 
did you just walk into that to UM mm-hmm. and want to go talk to admissions? Did you talk to any other admissions counselors at other schools? Like, mm-hmm. so what I recommend is this. First, follow them on Instagram. Because what I when I went there, it wasn't like a, a one-on-one thing. They were having an info session at um, the Brickle. I forgot which building. And they were like, we're going to be here from this, this, to time, this time to this time. And I remember, it's funny, when I walked in there, it was like a, t- a round table full of admissions counselors. And I asked them the most like, the most tempting question. And I'm that kind of person. I'm very blunt. And I said, hey, I know you're a great school. But I went to FIU's business school and they're a really great business school. Why should I go to your business school when you guys are twice the amount of tuition and you guys are just right next to me? What do you have to offer me? And they, I swear to you, every single person in that room raised their head when I asked that question. They were like, who is she and why is she asking us that question? And they had to give me a good answer because yeah. I told them, you guys also have similar faculties that teach at both schools. So what, what distinguishes you apart? So my advice would be go in there, be yourself, be confident, not too confident, like, you know, know what you want to ask and why you want to ask it. it makes that question has to make sense, you know, and follow them on Instagram because even NYU had like a coffee, like the program that I wanted to, they had a coffee with a, with an MBA um, event thing where you could sign up for a time slot and you could have coffee with them and, and learn about the program. So I think that's super important is to learn about the program before you actually just apply. First, they'll get to know who you are beforehand. So you have a leg up because they remember you. And then you got to you get to learn whether like you actually fit the culture of the program too. Cause I think that's super important. Like I remember I was like, I really want to be in an IV school. But then I look back and I'm like, I could have been at an IV maybe if I got in and everything, but would I have immersed myself in that culture? Would I have felt comfortable? Would I felt you know at home in the student body and I think I mean I never got the the chance to really explore those schools but if you have the opportunity and you can you know take that route and follow them on Instagram go to their info session now it's probably even easier because it's on zoom you know at the time it was before COVID so you had to actually go in person do it you know do all these info sessions sign up for the newsletters and really get to know the school prior to just accepting or applying no, I love that. That's such good advice. And I agree when I, I have a blog post on how I chose the law school, like how to choose a law school. And then by doing that, I got to law school that I'm at now. And I think it's so important. And part of I say is like, where is it? Who goes there? What programs do they have? What can they offer you? Not just what you can offer it. And mm-hmm. I think that's such a great tip to go and like talk to those people and see if you really, like you like the people that you're going to be around because that's what your life is going to become. So how many years is UM's MBA program and how, like, where are you at in the MBA program? And, you know, what's it really like to be an MBA student? What, what does your day-to-day look like now? Okay. Um, so the program is a two-year program. It's a full-time program. Um, and that was a, a, because of my, you know, less experience, I took the route that had the most years and the most hands-on just because I couldn't get a like a feel of what it would be like once I graduate in the you know professional um career so it's a two-year program um full-time and, and I really mean full-time uh I have classes almost every day except for Fridays um it's super intense I didn't know it was going to be that intense until I got there because we have only six weeks for each uh semesters and the first year you don't get to choose any uh, of your classes or the times that you have it you just get you just get what they 
pick for you. So I originally had like four classes in six weeks and then three classes in six weeks. So it was very, very hard. Um, but now I'm on my, I'm in my second year and I love getting involved as you guys could probably tell by now. So I decided to take charge and be involved in a few um, of the clubs they offer. Um, my day-to-day is like, you know, waking up, um, I chose, so the second year you have more leeway and you get to choose your schedule and pick what electives you like. So right now I'm more into the, I'm going into finance. My electives are mostly into finance. Um, so I have a few finance classes that I'm taking and I'm also staying involved by being, um, now I'm doing the women in business club. I'm the president for that. So I have a few members and we're planning a host of few events on campus with like female entrepreneurs and female in business, female in finance and stuff like that. Um, and that's pretty much it. I honestly eat, breed school for now. Um, I think for the first two years, I mean, the whole program is you're going to have to, you know, eat, breed school. Um, but it's only two years. So that's what I tell myself. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel that law school is the same way. You don't get to pick your first year, but your second and 30, you kind of get to build your schedule and get more involved. And so, yeah, I'm glad. Like, Six mm-hmm. week semesters. Do you guys do six week semesters as well? No, we do the full like fall semester, spring semester. So it's two semesters a year. Um, I feel like the six weeks is like really a lot, but I like that you brought up women in business too, because I saw that you were president of that. And I think that's really cool that those events um, that you guys are going to put on. I, I'm president of LASA here. So I'm also putting on events. Um, and I think it's really special getting involved on campus and making the connections in the, the community that you want to be in. So mm-hmm. what, what do you want to do like next? Like what's your, once you graduate, what, where do you think your career is going to take you? Are you going to like, I want to get more into the social media stuff in a second, but career wise, like, where do you think your, your degree and your passions are going to take you? Um, this question's tough. Um, um so for now like I am focusing on finance those are the classes that I'm taking and honestly like before I even started the classes I was like maybe I can do corporate finance but it's just such a tough world with corporate finance and it's just still now you know how women and and just minorities how they how hard it is to break through that industry that's still in the back of my mind and um so I'm still like I don't know I want to do it but I I don't know if I'm going to fit into it yet So I decided to just do these tough classes just so I could be well-rounded, whether I do go in it or not. So my ultimate goal is to have my own um, business one day and something that incorporates dance and having um, education because I'm passionate about school and I love dancing. So I maybe will want to do like an aftercare thing. Like I haven't really thought about the exact business model, but that's like my ultimate goal. But I know that like, I don't want to just get to that end goal after I graduate. I want to you know, work at a company that I, you know, learn more. So I think definitely it's either going to be whether it's in finance, like some a role that's quantitative in terms of like maybe, you know, a finance firm like Goldman Sachs or, you know, JP Morgan, or maybe like something more like Amazon where like a company that's more or less has a little bit of all so that maybe I can just they could find a role that fits me best in their company. So right now I'm, I'm really looking into a corporate job, um, whether it's finance or something where they have full round of different opportunities and where I match. So right now I'm just applying everywhere. 
so that I can my goal is to have like a job by the time I graduate in in May and you know secure a full-time job no I agree I think working it's good to go somewhere where you can get a well-rounded experience and learn a lot of different things and then pick and choose and then you know the ultimate goal yeah to be an entrepreneur and have your own business which you kind of do because you're on social media so you said that you really your social media really built up um, as part of Dalton's cheer but now that you're not doing that anymore where has social media taken you obviously that's how we met and mm-hmm. um but where what, what's next for you on social media what does that look like for you I'm glad you asked that question, Kayla, because I've been having trouble balancing both social media and school. I feel like I've been going back and forth between should I just delete my Instagram for now so I can focus on school? And then I I look at it and I'm like, but that's who I am. And I, I think I've been having a little bit of identity issues with that because I feel like I want to be this serious business person. And I'm like, social media, I don't want to be, because I had some teachers talk about how, like, you know, your social media affects you when you apply, the way you show yourself, and and it, it's like, I was like a, another person when I was in social media, you know, I, I would post a lot of bikini shots, and, and that was the brand I was, you know, focusing on when I was a cheerleader, and now it's like, I want to be the serious businesswoman, so that's been kind of tough for me to, like, even see it as, like you said, like, you are an entrepreneur in that aspect, I, I think I, I I'm happy you said that because it kind of reminds me like, yeah, yeah, this is something, you know, this is, yeah. this is, a, this could be a career because that's in business school. They don't talk about it. And it, it, it's, they make it seem like it's just, it's, they talk about it in terms of like a big brand, like working for like, you know, managing a brand for a company, but not your brand. So yeah. I think it's, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I, it reminds me that maybe this is something and you notice, like you notice that, it, you know, I'm doing something on it. No, so I, I really appreciate. Yeah, of course. I, I, I feel the same way about it as a, like in law school, like I always, I struggled with, you know, I started my blog and then I was like, I'm going to talk about law school on here. Cause I don't see people talking about it enough. And then I struggled mm-hmm. with like, do I make my law, my blog just law school? Or do I make a total Instagram just for law school tips and tricks? Or do I bring that into my content? And I realized like, I didn't want to build a brand off of just law school because it's only three years. Eventually I won't be in law school anymore. And then I built up this whole brand and then it's not like, it's, it, that's only such a small part of me. And like, if I only talk about law school, I'm ignoring a big part of myself. But if I only talk about everything else and don't talk about school at all, then I'm also ignoring a big part of what I do every day. So I think it's, it's a hard like dichotomy. Mm-hmm. Like I think, yeah, I feel you on that, that you don't, you want to be taken seriously as a businesswoman. I want to be taken seriously as a law student and eventually a lawyer, but also we were talking about this earlier, like knowing where your strengths lie and that you can be both and that you, you know, it's okay to want to do both. And it doesn't matter what people are saying because right now like the the industry the world is changing so much and the industries everything is shifting to online marketing and social media and like influencers and we're getting to build our individual brands by being content creators but we're also going to school and we're seeing both sides of it and I personally want to combine the two and I want to be a lawyer and be a social media personality and find a way to use my law degree in social media and Mm -hmm. you know everything that you're learning in business school helps you in your business and what you've learned in your business helps you in business school in the same way. It's your experience shaped who you are. So, I mean, I definitely think it is really hard to figure out, you know, 
who you are and be taken seriously in both ways. But I think it's really special to have both because they go hand in hand in a way and who cares what people think personally. Right. I, I agree. I agree. And then another thing you talk a lot about, which is something that I really found like special was, you know, your female friendships. And I think it goes a lot towards everything that we've been talking about, the bonds you make growing up as a dancer and the teams and like the community that you build online, like female friendships and just friendships in general, like at our age, like how important are they to you? What does that mean to you? Um, so another hard question for me. I love hitting hard hitting questions. There's, this is so fun for me. You're asking me all the hard questions today, but I love it. Um, so I think that's something that I really struggled with again. And I think it comes hand in hand with the identity and the Miami Dolphins idea of things. So when I was there, you know, I had like, I, I had these girls as my friends. I think you, you kind of get sucked into that, that that environment when you're in teams, like you only certainly become friends with the people that you're around. And yeah. then you get, it's kind of like when you're in high school and you're friends with everybody in high school and then you graduate and then you don't see them anymore. So it was the same thing. I was super close to the girls and they were my only friends at the time where I would spend time with. And then I kind of left. So then they started having, you know, events with each other, but I wasn't there anymore, you know? So yeah, I would see them sometimes when they would do like, you know, birthdays and stuff like that. But it wasn't, we didn't, we weren't as, we weren't seeing each other every day anymore. So I kind of had to, like you said, reinvent myself. So, I mean, I had just, I'm just a person who's always had like a lot of friends around me. But the thing is, I realized later on that having friends around you aren't really friends, friends, you know? So I think I've gone through a lot of that in my adult life is figuring out who's really my friend and who's really just my friend for the moment or for the highlight of my life at that time. And now I can say that I don't really have a lot of real friends, but I think I'm happy that I'm starting to realize who are my real friends and who are just friends that I want to have a good time with. And so I can say that like my cousins, like I'm very family oriented. My cousins are, are the people that like I cherish as like my true, true, true friends. I can tell them anything. I can call them whenever I want. And then I have like different social friends like I would have cheerleaders when I want to hang out with some cheerleaders or dancers I have like my my FIU dancer friends my cheer friends and we just have a good time you know yeah I can like I don't really have a a set relationship with any of them where it's like they're my best friend but I still have them there like they're not nonetheless they're, they're still friends and like yourself like I'm like I actually really like Kayla so like I'm thinking maybe we can have lunch together and build on our friendships. It's definitely been hard because I realized that making friends is just not easy. And, and before it, it used to seem easy for me because I spent so much time with them. So it, it came easy. But once I wasn't in that anymore, I realized that for you to sustain a friendship, like you have to take time, go on, you know, lunch dates, get to know them on a deeper level. And it just doesn't happen overnight. You know, I think it's so hard and it's so true what you say, like, I have my law school friends while I'm in school, my classmates, I'm hanging out with them tonight and I see them pretty much every day, but who knows what'll happen when we graduate and we're all doing different things and high school and college, like you have like friends for the moment and the ones that are really with you through thick and thin and like through years, like life changes and stuff. Like it takes, you have to cultivate that. And it's, it's hard. It's really hard to do, but I think it's also really cool when you realize like, 
you can have a big group of friends, but doesn't mean that they're all your best friends. Like not every person in your life is, has to be, or is your best friend, but you can have multiple friends. You don't have to just have like a tight circle and not talk to anybody else. Um, and I think that's the cool part about social media is that like we, each of us have our core, like people, but we're, we have like an in like all, we're all of us are IG friends. We go to events together, we go to brunches together, we do stuff together, we shoot together. You know, mm-hmm. we're still friends, but like, yeah, they have their best friends and you have yours. And, you know, I think it's really hard to make best friends as an adult, but it's, if you're social and you want to make friends and you want to put yourself out there, it's actually kind of easy to make friends. It's just, you have to know that they're not like your best friends. Cause that is, and I think the word best friend gets overused way too often now. I, and I'm guilty of it. I think we're all guilty of it, but we just need to be more mindful of like who are our true like ride or dies versus just like friends for the moment or good friends, but not necessarily like your best friend. Exactly. Um, and like exactly what you said, like for now, like I, you know, in grad school, I have my best friend now, you know? Yeah. Your best, um, your grad it, school best friend. Yeah. Like I have my lost yeah. friend too. Like it happens. But um, definitely, like you said, I think also to piggyback on what you're saying too, is that once you get like our age, you realize that everybody already has their circle from either from when they were young or whatever it is, then you enter their world too. And they have their like hardcore friends too. So, I mean, it's definitely hard, you know, it's hard, but it's easy. Like you said, because if you think about it, I have a lot of friends, you know, and, and, and like you said, it's, if, if I wanted to, I can just like, you know, text you and be like, Hey, let's do brunch. Like it's really not that hard to yeah like, make a social outing with any of the people on Instagram that we have. Yeah. You know, it's just trying to see who you really vibe with and creating that stronger connection. It's just going to take work, but it's not impossible. Yeah. And also like it, it ebbs and flows. Like you can be really close to someone for a few months and then you're not as close with them, but I mean, you're not friends anymore. It's just like, you guys like fade in and out of your lives, whatever's happening in your lives. And, you know, I think like there's like this like culture of like, you know, like if you don't talk to them every day, they're not your true friend. And like, that's not true. Like, I think the truest friends, like you don't have to talk to or see them every day, every week, every month, but they're still your, they're, you're still your ride or dies. Like, doesn't just how much quality over quantity doesn't mean not just the amount, but also how much you like interact with them. Like, I think, but also the good thing about having a lot of friends is like, like dating and like going out and like, like there's so much more opportunity to do things and diversifying your friend group and like diversifying your interests and hobbies and like life's never boring. And I always say like the best part about living in Miami and the part that I want to go back to so much, like the reason I want to go back so much is not just the culture, although that's very important too, but also the options. There's always something to do, someone to see, somewhere to be. That's true. Because it's, you just, Hey, how are you? Want to get a drink? Like, let's go to dinner. Let's do this. Like this place just open. Let's go there. But if you don't want to do anything at all, and like, you don't talk to anybody, like no one's getting me off the couch. But like, if I don't want to be home alone that day, I don't have to be, there's no reason to be. And I think I love having options. And so that's the beauty about having a lot of friends and like people, you know, and also it's networking, it's connections. And you never know like where that person you met at the bar randomly, like, you know, can get you a job, get you a boyfriend, get you a friend, get you whoever later on in life. So I think, I don't know, I think that's the beauty about social media too. And just being at this stage of our life where we're out and we're social and 
we're meeting a million people. Like this is the time where we meet the most amount of people in our lives. Like, and not, not just for dating purposes, all for that too. But I'm so happy. Like I knew this conversation was going to go there, but like, I'm really happy it went there even more because it's, we talked about a lot of stuff that people don't really talk about. And like the, the dark side of, you know, Miami cheer, like uh, Miami dolphins and like cheerleading and like being around like a lot of girls all the time and, you know, struggles with identity and mental health and friendship. I think this was such an amazing conversation. I'm so happy we got to do this. And yes, next time I'm home for longer than like two days, um, we'll go get drinks or lunch or coffee or whatever and chat. I'm so happy we met and I'm really glad we had this conversation. Thank you so much for being here. Of course, of course. I honestly, I had no idea. We have so much in common as well. Like, I think this kind of showed us how much we have in common. Yeah. I'm super excited. I'm so happy you had me on and this felt really easy to talk. (laughs) I'm glad that it was easy. I, I, the reason I titled it, let's get candid is, and which is what we did is I want to just have conversations with people and with my friends, build friendships, build connections, introduce people to each other, network, and just really like talk about the things that people aren't like people are too afraid to talk about that you only talk about with your friends but when it's like not interview style and it's just a conversation you're a lot willing you're a lot more willing to get like deeper and talk about these things and it's comfortable and like so I'm really glad that you felt comfortable with me sharing that and I hope that whoever's listening like get something out of this I know I did I know you did um something so special so yes next time we're both in town at the same time we will catch up um and I'm really excited for you. Um, congrats on almost graduating and good luck in whatever you do next. Can't wait to see it. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Thank you so much, Kayla. Thank you for having me on. And I'm so happy that you're doing this as well. So congrats to you too. And I can't wait to see what you're going to be doing as well. Thank you. I am so sorry about the amount of times that I said special in this episode. I'm going to say it again. It was so special to have such a deep conversation with someone that I was just getting to know. I had only briefly met her at the Tiki's event over the summer, and then we really got to know each other having this conversation, and it went far deeper than what I think either of us had planned, and I'm really grateful that it did because there's so many things that we talk about here that I think are so, so important, and I know I said that already in this episode, but really glad that I get to share that with you guys. So if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to give a follow to Amina at Amina Daoud. I will link her Instagram in the show notes. Follow up the Let's Get Candid podcast, leave a rating and review, screenshot and share as you listen and tag us. It's the best way to grow the show. And thank you so much for 10 episodes. I can't believe we're already at 10 episodes and I've been doing this for almost two months now and it's just it's really crazy and it feels like this was just something I was meant to do and it feels so so right so I'll let you go because it's getting really really long but I hope you all have a happy Thursday or whatever day of the week it is that you're listening and I'll talk to you guys next week